What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Who's excited to be back in classes and homework and school life? Yeah? Wow. I can, like, really taste your enthusiasm. <laughs> hey, welcome back. I'm super pumped for this year, this semester. I'm really, really excited. Uh, it's going to be a good year. we got a lot planned. we got a lot going on. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to learn a lot. Um, we're going to connect a lot. Um, and so I just want to, like, open up, like, this time right now um, doing something really simple. And uh, I just want to kind of preview GCF for the semester. And I want to give you guys kind of a little bit, like pull the curtain back a little bit and let you guys know what we're, what we're doing, kind of what we're aiming at, what the, what the purpose of this time is. Um, and so like, I just want to start right there. What's, what are we doing right now? Like, what, what is this? I'm this dude up here with a, a mic attached to his face, um, standing up here talking to all of us with a Bible in his hand. Like, what is this? Um, this is um, this gathering. This is, like, this is like the hub for, for GCF. This is, uh, GCF isn't this time, but this is like the hub of GCF, meaning like GCF is a group of people. GCF is like a ministry. It's, we're part of a church. We do Bible studies, as we talked about. We have a lot of freaking fun. Um, we, we, we do a lot. But this right here, this time on Wednesday nights is where we get together like as a unit and we worship and we learn and we commune, like it gets to know each other better. We eat nachos. Um, we have a good time. And so this time tonight is like, um, like I said, it's our hub. It's where we get together. And I, what, what I want this to be for us this year is I want it to be a priority. I mean, I want, I want this to be a place that, that can be chill for you. Like you can come here not feeling like the weight of responsibility, having to, you know, turn an assignment or just, um, or have some, some responsibility you have to do. I want this to be a chill, like respite a place where you can come and get filled, where you can worship, where you can open God's word with us, and where you can connect with people. Um, and so with all of that, we going on, with, all, with everything we got going on tonight, like we started with this silly game, right? This gender reveal game. And then uh, we did some worship, showed that dope video, by the way. Can we just like, we're gonna do three claps on three, but we're gonna do it right, okay? We're gonna do three claps on three for all the people that were in the video. Specifically, Joe and Katie Holmgren like gave so much of their time to that thing. So can I get three claps on three? One, two, three. That's how it's done. I am. Did you hit somebody? Did somebody get hit? No? Oh, okay. Well, at least nobody got hurt. Anyway, uh, with everything going on, kind of. Well, I thought she might have smacked someone. What if she smacked someone by accident? You know what I mean? I get, I get, I get jacked up when I get up. Never mind. Anyway, returning. Let's get back here. Uh, so Wednesday nights, right in the middle of Wednesday nights, after the game, after the worship, after we talk about what's going on, and before Jakers, uh, before some more worship and some hanging out, right in the middle is this time right here, where the, someone's standing up here, opening the Bible and, and talking about it. And we take this time pretty seriously. And as Tyler said earlier, like our, our main priority as, he, as GCF is to deliver the gospel. What we wanna do is we wanna deliver the gospel. And this right here, this time, this 25 to 45 minutes, however long it is each week, uh, we want to open God's word and we want to deliver the gospel because that's what's really important to us. Um, and so this year, last, last semester, if you guys remember, we had this like topic, like, um, you guys remember the question? What was the question? What? Worth it, right? Is it worth it? Is Jesus worth it? Is Jesus worth your time, your effort, your energy? So we had this like topic we were kind of aiming at. Is Jesus worth your time, your money, your education, um, your, your work? Like, is Jesus worth it for your life? And so we're going to do something a little bit different this semester. And what we're going to do is we're gonna take a book of the Bible and we're gonna just chug right through it, okay? And the book of the Bible we're gonna go through is James. We're gonna go through the book of James together this, this semester. And uh, um, so it's always gonna be someone up here, 
sometimes me, sometimes Tyler, sometimes guest speakers um, up here, opening God's word, telling you about the book or reading the book of James and trying to apply it to our lives. Okay, that's what this time is gonna look like. Um, And we're gonna power through James together. And so what I wanna do tonight to give you a primer is I just wanna explain James a little bit and like this, we get this like macro context for this book, like smack dab in the middle of the New Testament. And uh, I kind of want to get some context for it. And then I wanna talk a little bit about the rest of GCF and what we're aiming at this semester. And so I wanna pray real quick. Um, I just wanna pray real quick and uh, we'll get back into it. So let's pray. Lord, Father, we are, uh, we are grateful for this time. Lord, the fact that on a, on a university campus, we get, to, we get to deliver God's word. We get to open it up and read it. We get to worship. We get to, we get to ask you to shine into our night. Um, and Lord, we just, we're just grateful for that chance. Um, Lord, let it, be, let it be helpful. Let it be helpful for our lives. Let it be um, helpful for those witnessing. Um, Lord, Lord, let this be a, uh, more than anything, Lord, let this be a time that glorifies you, that raises high the name of Jesus. Um, and so Lord, we love you and we know you love us. It's in, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so if you guys got your Bibles, I want you, or if you don't have your Bibles, get your app out, okay? Everyone, phone, app. If you don't got a Bible app, download it. This is, I'm giving you permission to get on your phone right now. So get your phone out. Download a Bible app and go to James 1. And that's where we're gonna kind of camp out is we got two verses we're gonna look at basically today that are gonna kind of encompass the book of James. And so, uh, I, uh, so I had a kid, right? I just had a kid in case some of you guys didn't know. But most of you guys know because she's the cutest freaking kid ever. I'm not even joking. She's literally, literally the cutest kid ever. And uh, um, since I'm a new dad, you're gonna hear a lot of stories when I talk about my, my kid. One, because she's freaking cute. Um, but two, because it's like an endless wealth of like life illustrations, like microcosms of life. Um, and so I got this little kid, right? And who'd have thunk that when you have a baby and you have like another life you're responsible for, that like extra responsibility comes with that, right? <laughs> who, who, nobody told you, tells you that. Nobody tells you there's responsibility and you just drive away from the hospital one day and you're like, there's a kid in my car and it's mine <laughs> and you're responsible for it. And there's like this, this magical terrible moment where the weight of the world is on your shoulders because you have to take care of this tiny little infant. And so every decision that, you, that, that like for, this is for Jessalyn and me, okay? Every decision we were making, like it felt like the world stopped. Like in one of those movies where time stops and for someone it doesn't and they're just looking around and like the world stops. That's every decision that we, you make when you have your first kid. Like what kind of diapers do you get? Do you, what kind of strollers? How long do you breastfeed? Like all of these massive decisions that feel like the weight of the universe is on your shoulders. Um, but at some point, like in s- those decisions start to, like the weight of them, just the gravity starts to decrease a little bit. Like all of those decisions, the magnitude of them seems less and less and less as you change your 1,000th poopy diaper. Um, and so, um, instead of the weight of the world being on your shoulders for these decisions, you begin to make all of those choices based on really a couple of principles. What's easiest, what's most practical. And I think there is no better illustration for this with my baby than like what she wears. So for example, I loved dressing her up so freaking much like this cute, tiny little baby. I loved putting her in mismatching clothing, like two different socks and like a a weird looking hat and a jacket that doesn't match anything. And it was the freaking cutest thing ever, okay? I love it. And so once practicality became like our governor for how we we like do these little things, um, I hated all of her clothes because 
if you guys don't know what baby clothes are like, there's this like top and it like buttons up under here, right? Like underneath it buttons up. And then you put pants on, right? So you have pants over the buttons and then over the pants, because of course you gotta put the socks over the pants because that's the cutest. So you put the socks over the pants and then on the socks you have these shoes. And so anytime you wanna go change a diaper, you have to take the shoes off, each of them, the socks, the pants, and then go to unbutton the thing. And it's like a five minute process to change a freaking diaper and you gotta change a thousand of them. So my point is, I love onesies. Onesies got zippers and it's literally zip, plop out the legs and you're good to go. Change a diaper. And so this, this idea of practicality has, has become a governor for how Jessalyn and I do these little things with Harper. And obviously that's gonna change as, as you grow into parenting and you make these decisions like, like what schools you're going to, how you're gonna discipline, how you're gonna teach your kid and um, things like that. But for now, as nobody really cares what she wears, I'm gonna put her in onesies because it's, it's much easier. Um, and so that, uh, that transition from these world, sh- these world altering, um, like this world altering idea of every decision for this little tiny human to just being ruled by what's practical and easy. Um, I think that's a really kind of beautiful picture of humanity in many ways. Um, we love practicality. Like we love the practical and the simple and the useful. Um, any biologist or specifically evolutionary biologist, like utility and practicality is what drives the ideas of evolution. Like biologically, it's wired. As they, like it's the traits that are passed on are the things that, that are useful and helpful and, the, and what has helped survive, what's helped this species flourish. And so uh, this idea of practicality, this observation that all these biologists have made, like, it's obvious in, in not just the human race, but even in, in, in all, all other kinds of, um, of creatures and animals. Um, but that idea of practicality isn't just this, this biological observation, right? It's something that's like weaved its way into everything, right? Like even for the way that, that you study, if there's a faster way to study and a better way to study, you're gonna do it, right? Yes, if you don't have to read the textbook, how many of you are actually gonna read the freaking textbook, right? How many of you actually read an entire textbook for a class? Wow, more than I would have thought. And that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> anyway, you, you know what I mean? Like, the, exactly. The, well, not exactly. Retracted. The point being is, is practicality and simplicity, especially as you guys are like students on campus, you got busy lives, you got a lot going on. Something that's, if you can make a process simpler or make something easier, make something more practical, you're going to do it, right? You're going to do it. We all do it. Um, and I think something that's kind of unique to us in our time right now with social media and smartphones is that idea of practicality kind of bleeds into like the immediacy of everything we have. Meaning like we have at our fingertips on our phones, immediate access to everything we need. News, 10 seconds, open up a news app, get news tailored to you. Your political leanings, your flavor of, of, of genre of news, you want sports, you want global politics, you want crime, whatever it is. 10 seconds, you get it on your phone. Social media, connectivity, you can text anyone you want at any point in time immediately and, you, and you're satisfied in that need. Uh, you want cute GIFs of cats playing with iguanas? 10 seconds, YouTube, go get it. It's easy, right? If you need food, Alan Sanchez is my Jimmy John's brother. If you need food, Jimmy John's literally takes like 15 minutes from ordering or from like opening their website to getting the food at your door. It's so fast. Um, And so this idea of practicality and and, and immediate like satisfaction or fulfillment 
is something that specifically for us in our culture, in our time, has kind of begun to rule us. We are so spoiled with that. We're so privileged with that idea, like everything. We get, um, we get this immediate satisfaction. And what happens um, with this, when we get used to the immediacy and we get used to the practicality, when things aren't easy and when things aren't simple and when things are hard, we get really easily frustrated. I, I, I watch these, these road rage videos on, on YouTube sometimes. I don't know why, it's just intriguing. But I think road rage and, and social media and smartphones are like, if they're, I imagine if I saw a graph of some kind and someone did a study, I'm sure someone has somewhere, they would be in, inextricably connected. Um, but the point is, is, is you get, because we're used to the immediate all the time, we're used to the practical, we get frustrated when we don't get what we want immediately and when things get hard. Um, and specifically for us, as Christians, that bleeds into our faith that need for practical simplicity, that need for immediate change, for immediate help, bleeds into how we look at our faith and we look at God and we look at Christ and we look at ourselves. And so instead of, um, instead of faithfulness and long suffering and perseverance through a specific issue we're wrestling with or even through a relationship we have with somebody, if that conflict isn't resolved immediately, more often than not, it's broken off. And if there's something specific we're struggling with, we're looking for the latest book or the latest blog or the latest, you know, 15 minute TED talk that's gonna help us through it, right? Like we have this longing and this need for immediacy and it's partly cultural and it's partly wired into us. Uh, and uh, the, the, the sad reality is that that, that instantaneous, that, that, that idea that our faith uh, instantaneously changes our behaviors or that we can find instantaneous change for our behaviors um, that's just not a, a post-fall of humanity reality. It's just not. We live in a broken world. We're broken people by nature, and we live in a broken world with broken things around us. Um, and so we get frustrated. And so the book of James, the book of James is, is labeled as immensely practical, and it so is. It's literally just, it's a, it's a bunch of what we call imperatives or commands. It's a bunch of things that God tells us to do, how to think, how to act, how to talk, and so what we're looking at, this book, as we think practical, as we have this need for practical, it's an immensely practical book. But the thing about the book of James is, is that on the front end, or is that your front? Yeah, that's your front, sorry. I was trying to do you. And then. On the front end and on the back end of the book, it's, James talks about suffering and trial and hardship. And so in the front and the, in the, front and the back of the book is suffering and trial and hardship. And between all that is here's what you do and how you do it. And so the reason I wanted to zoom out on James a little bit and take a second just to talk about the book is because this practical book that we're looking at, this practical, um, th this wisdom and these commands, they don't happen easily. Change doesn't happen easily. Growth doesn't just happen easily. The whole context of James is that it's going to be hard and that while immensely practical, we're gonna fail. We are inevitably going to fail and, as, as, as people. And... Uh, that's kind of what the idea behind our theme is. This cool, this dope graphic that we got up here that's supposed to look glitchy. It kind of looks more horror-y than glitchy, but um, it's supposed to look glitchy. Like there's a glitch in the matrix, a handbook to hypocrisy. And that kind of has two meanings for us. One, a handbook to hypocrisy in that, James is a handbook to hypocrisy in that if you want to be a hypocrite as we understand hypocrites, just don't do what the book of James says. 
Basically, the book of James says, if you're saved by God, then you're gonna do these things. If you're saved by God, you're gonna live this way and think this way and do these things. So that's the first way. You can be a hypocrite with the book of James. Just don't do what it says. The second way, and I think the most helpful way for us, is um, we wanna be the right kind of hypocrite. We wanna be the right kind of hypocrite. And by that, I mean, instead of not doing what James says, we try to do what James says. So let me explain the right kind of hypocrite for a second. Look at it this way. Everyone is a hypocrite sans two kinds of people. Everyone. Every one of us is a hypocrite sans two kinds of people. The only two kinds of people that are not a hypocrite are A, perfect people. So if you're perfect and you always do what you say you're gonna do, your actions always line up with your beliefs and your faith, you're not a hypocrite, right? You always do what you're gonna say you're gonna do. The second kind of person that's not a hypocrite is the person that's just either embraced a a, a excuse me, embrace the hedonistic lifestyle. Like all you do, you don't have really a morality. Your morality is what is good for me. What is comfortable? What brings me joy? What brings me happiness? What brings me comfort? Or if you, you land in this like relativistic area where there is no good or there is no um, moral uh, standard. The only kind of two people that, that, that can't be hypocrites are the people that have embraced those ideas or the people that have, are perfect. And when I say, I mean, we wanna be the right kind of hypocrite, what I mean is, is that that first person that's perfect has no need for Jesus and that second group of people doesn't want Jesus. They don't need a savior, they don't want a savior. And so as those people that embrace hypocrisy, we know we fail, we know we suck sometimes, we know we don't live up to our standards, much less God's, and yet we still strive to. We know we fail. So we embrace the word hypocrite. We wanna embrace the word hypocrisy in that we recognize that we aren't perfect. We recognize that we are not, we, we haven't been made, made, made right yet. And so, like I said, we want to embrace that idea. And I asked you guys to open your, open your apps and your phones to the book of James. So if you got them, go to James 1. Um, and we're going to look at the same verses that, uh, that Grant read. And we got two verses, I think, or two sections of verses that are going to be kind of like the, uh, I guess you could call it the thesis of the book of James for us. Um, so James 1, verses 22 um, we don't got slides today, so that's why I got you all out on your phones. So James 1, 22 through 25 says this, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Now turn your app over to the next chapter, uh, chapter two, and we're going to look at verses, uh, well, it says 14 through 17. Yeah, 14 through 17. <clears throat> so verse 14 says this, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself if it does not have works, is dead. So looking at, looking at those verses, um, looking at those verses, the right kind of hypocrisy, uh, embracing the right kind of hypocrisy is embracing the reality of our own fallenness, of our own brokenness. And the fact that we aren't always going to be doers. We aren't always going to follow through with the word, as it says. The beauty of the church and 
this group, GCF, is that it's filled with broken people. Man, you don't gotta be perfect to hang out here. That's a good thing. You don't gotta be perfect to hang out here. It's just a bunch of people that admit we're broken. You know what I mean? And it's hard, it's hard. Trying to live up to this faith that you say you believe, it's a hard thing to do. Following through in, in, in your relationships, following through in, in, uh, in school, trying to be a diligent student, trying to be a good friend, man, laying your life down for other people, like sacrificing preference for your friend. Like those things are hard to do. And no one is perfect. No one is perfect in it. And so this semester, we're gonna look at the ways that we're supposed to act as Christians, the things we're supposed to say, the ways that we're supposed to look at things, how we're supposed to interact with each other. We're gonna look at, at poverty and wealth, how we should think about that, how we, should, how we should help in this world, how we can help assist God's grace in those scenarios. And I think in the midst of this book, each and every one of us in here, if you're gonna hang out here and if you're gonna open this with us, you're gonna be challenged in a lot of ways because this book is so immensely practical and it's so immensely straightforward, there's gonna be like a list of four verses and each one of them is gonna like hit your heart in some way. Like, wow, I'm a failure. It's gonna be hard. We wanna embrace that feeling though. We wanna embrace that feeling because you know what that is? That is God. That's the Holy Spirit showing you where you're weak. That's the Holy Spirit showing you where you're weak. And so I just wanna, uh, I wanna pause for a second and, and finish this, uh, this look at James with, um, th like, I, I just wanna clarify, this, this study isn't, we're not talking about moralism. We're not talking about trying to be good to get good. We're not trying to talk about trying to earn any kind of favor from God. Um, you, turn, turn, turn your Bibles over to Ephesians. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, okay? Um, and we're, that, that idea of, of, of goodness and righteousness not earning you anything, um, is, is what we're gonna look at real quick. So Ephesians 2, uh, verses eight through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. And then verse 10, this is the big one. Notice first, for God saved us, right? It was a gift of God. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we walk in them. What comes first is the grace of God and what follows is the good. What comes first is salvation by Jesus. And then what follows is being, trying to be as honoring, a, the best friend you could be, the most God glorifying student you can be. And so it's an easy thing to read this book and see moralism and see, wow, that's a, that's a lot of crap I just gotta do. It's easy to read this book and do that. And so maybe a helpful way to look at it is not that you're earning God's grace, but you're returning it. You're not earning God's grace, you're returning it. You're responding to what God's already done for you. So instead of earning the goodness and grace of God, you're just responding by giving him back what he deserves, and that's only the best. And uh, sorry, I lied. This is the end of our talk on James real quick. Our overview of James is... Uh, one of the things about all of these, a lot of these New Testament like books of the Bible is that they're letters. So like a, a, a dude inspired by God wrote these letters to specific churches and specific places and specific people. And James is a letter. James is a letter to churches. And so this isn't a letter to a person. This is a letter to a group of people. And so something that goes unsaid as we like try and get better at life, as we try and be better, is that we try and do it by ourselves. We try and do it in isolation. And so 
Something we cannot ignore here is the fact that this whole book is to a church, it's to a community, it's to a people, and that's what we are. We are a people. We are a community as GCF. And so that's one of the things like um, transitioning a little bit to, to some of the other things we're gonna be doing this year, D groups. Um, we had a lot of D groups last year that went really well, a couple that didn't. I'm not gonna point fingers, but um, D groups are a, a primary way that we wanna serve the idea of, um, or make primary the idea of community in the context of our growth. And so this book, James, tells us what to do, how to do it, right? That happens in community. I think the easiest way for you guys to apply what we do here tonight is to join a D group. Join a D group. If you're not a part of one or if the one you're a part of hasn't met much, then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll, uh, I'll plug you in. I'll get you plugged into one. Um, and our leader's gonna be starting them in the next couple of weeks. And so if you're not a part of a deep come talk because we want to get you guys plugged into them. That's where you get that, that deep, intense community. That's where you get that relationship where you can dig into someone's life and someone can dig into yours and you could say the hard things and you can, you, can, you can say the hard things and have confidence that that relationship is gonna withstand that because what, what, what that relationship is then built on is, is not your mutual interests, but it's the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus. And so another way we serve community, another way we really wanna get after community this year, is spring retreats. Who's excited for spring retreat? Yeah, yeah. What the heck, man? I wasn't talking that long. Good grief. I'm pumped for spring retreat. Our spring retreat, one of the main goals of our spring retreats is to just connect with each other. We just wanna hang out. We wanna get to know each other. We, like, we wanna read the Bible together. We wanna talk about life. We wanna share what's going on in our life. We just wanna connect, right? Over, over a lot of food, a lot of food. The dudes, man, we, get it. we just eat steak one night. Literally just steak. We just cook a bunch of steak and that's all we eat. It's awesome. But the point of it, it's not to eat steak, which is a great point to have, but the point of it is to connect. And that's what our spring retreats are aimed at. Uh, but then even then, like all this talk about GCF and this people and this unit, we don't want to just be this unit, this people. We don't want to isolate ourselves individually and we don't want to isolate ourselves as a group. Okay, we don't want to live in this little bubble on campus. Okay, one of the biggest things that we wanna emphasize this year, we've been trying to do it for a couple of years and we've been weak at it. It's we wanna share this. We wanna share this gospel. Turn, turn in Ephesians over to chapter three. Turn to chapter three, verses eight through 11. I'll give you all a second. Ephesians chapter three, eight through 11. We wanna share the gospel and here's, here's, here's part of why. Uh, to me though, this is Paul talking, I'm the very least of all the saints this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. That's Paul just saying, I'm a weak dude, but God sent me to share the gospel with people, okay? Verse 10, so that, so I'm sharing with, Paul's sharing the gospel with people, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be now made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. One of the reasons that God sends his people out to evangelize and share the gospel is so that the wisdom of God and the beauty of God and the glory of God can be seen. We don't wanna hold this thing to ourselves. We don't wanna hold our faith to ourselves. There's a, it's, it's often a criticism of a lot of religion is that you just wanna proselytize me. Well, I freak out, I do, man. I believe what I have is, is eternity. I believe what I have is life-changing, is the greatest joy and greatest experience, the greatest glory that anyone can ever have. You want me to keep that to myself? You want me to be selfish with it? No, we wanna give that away. 
From the beginning of time, God wanted the universe to display his glory. And he wanted in, in many ways for that to be done through his people, his church. And so as Tyler mentioned, we're gonna be starting a, a workshop on Monday nights. We're gonna do some studying with it. It's gonna be an evangelism workshop. It's gonna be called Relational Evangelism Workshop. We're gonna do some studying. So we're gonna learn some stuff. We're gonna learn a little bit of, um, not quite in depth as to what we did last year with the worldview stuff, but we're gonna learn about like culturally, how do people look at Christians? How do people have, what, what are people's worldviews? How can we use what we know to share? Or how can we use that information then to have conversations with people? How can we just talk to people? right? We're going to learn. We're going to learn about how to be more empathetic and caring and, uh, and genuine because we don't, we're not just sharing to, to grow numbers because we like numbers. We're sharing because what we, we believe we actually have something of infinite value. And so we're going to learn some stuff and, you know, and then we're going to workshop some stuff, hence the name workshop, right? We're going to practice with each other because it's hard, right? It's really freaking hard to talk to your roommate about Jesus. It's really freaking hard to talk to your study buddy about, about faith and, and God. It's really uncomfortable, and so we're going we're gonna to help each other talk through it. We're going give, to give each other some strategies and help kind of practice a little bit. Um, and then third, we're just going to share our experiences. Meaning we're going to have a little bit of accountability, but more than that, we're going to be like, when, when we fail, we can come to Monday nights and we're going to be like, hey man, I really blew it with this, with this dude. I, I like, I said some crazy stuff. I don't even know what I was saying. It's like an out-of-body experience and I lost myself. <laughs> and so we want to get together and share those experiences. And we want to talk about, man, what could have I done differently? How could have I helped? Um, how could I have done better? And so there, in closing, there are a couple things we haven't talked about yet. Um, the things that we're going to be doing as a group. Um, the Bible studies Tyler mentioned. Garrett, senior, student leader, he's going to be leading one, just theology. He's going to dive into theology with you guys. Um, and then Caleb, just walking through, he's a grad student, PhD student here at the university, and he's going to just walking through Ephesians with people, verse by verse, line by line, trying to glean wisdom and, 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 and truth and, and trying to apply that. Um, another thing we're going to be talking about a lot this semester, a lot, we do every spring, so we're talking about summer project, summer leadership project. Um, and we care a lot about summer project. We think summer project is really, really important. It's changing a little bit this year. Um, but really, what summer project is, is it is going to be a couple of weeks of intensive leadership training, intensive, um, and intensive theology and life training, and a lot of community and a lot of freaking fun because it's going to be down in San Diego. Or at least half of it will be in San Diego. Down in, actually, it'll be in Ramona, California. But um, <laughs> I should have just left it in San Diego. <laughs> but yeah, uh, summer project is a big thing. We're going to be we're going to be talking a lot about that. And then in a couple of weeks, another thing we're going to be talking about. Student leadership. Um, this is, I think, we've been doing it for a year and a half, and it's been, we've kind of sucked at it. <laughs> I mean, by we, I mean, I mean, like us as a staff, we, ha we haven't done a very good job. Uh, there's been some hiccups. We're growing in it, to be sure, but uh, we really want to emphasize student leadership because the reality of student leadership is that we think that, like, any movement, any gospel movement that's going to happen out here on campus, any gospel movement that's going to happen on any other campuses in this region, it's going to happen from you guys. It's gonna happen from you guys. Student leaders growing into, into, growing into your gifts, someone that's really good at sharing the gospel, someone that's really good at discipling, someone that's really good at teaching. We, we, we wanna develop you guys. We wanna help you develop. And that leadership isn't just exclusive to like, you know, Christian things. We don't wanna silo you off. Uh, all, that leadership training, it's, it's life training, really. It's life training. Um, so we're gonna talk a lot about leadership. Um, and uh, 
I guess with all of that said, there's a lot, right? We had a lot going on. And on top of that, we're gonna have, like we're playing volleyball. Johnny's gonna start game night with Johnny. You're gonna, they're gonna do game night up again. Um, we're gonna have bowling nights. We're gonna get out and play some ultimate. I'm really trying, I, I don't wanna get your guys' hopes up, but I'm really trying to get a ski trip together. So that would be awesome. But we're trying to have, we wanna have fun too. And so with all this stuff going on, with all this stuff going on, I get that you guys are freaking busy too. I get it. You guys have lives, you got school, you got exams, you got projects, you got papers, you got classes, you got jobs, you got friends, you got relationships to maintain. You guys are busy, I get that. But here's the thing. We believe the gospel around here. We believe the gospel. And the gospel is just simply this, that Jesus Christ, like the man actually existed, did everything required to reconcile sinners back to God. That just means that we, th- we, think, we think humanity is messed up, right? We think humanity is jacked up in an infinite amount of ways. We are screwed up people and we call that screw up sin. Basically, that it's a Bible word that means we rebelled against God, we rejected God, we're looking for our own ways in life. And so we believe humanity's broken and that because of that brokenness and because God's just, because a just and perfect God wouldn't be just anymore if he just allowed sin to like run rampant right? And so because of that, there's separation between us as, a, as, as, as humanity from God. And so the good news of Jesus is that he did everything required to reconcile that, that separation. So he died, he lived, he like entered the human experience, lived perfectly, then died because he loved us so that we might have faith in life. So the gospel is that Jesus did everything required to Reconcile sinners back to God. What the heck does that have to do with how busy you are and how much we got going on? Well, if, if you actually believe that the gospel is true, if you actually believe that the greatest problem a human can experience is separation from the eternal God of the universe, and if you actually believe that Jesus reconciled you back to God, that's gonna change you. It's gonna change your priorities. That's gonna change what you do with your time. And so I'm not saying you gotta be at all those things, right? Like I'm not saying anyone has to be at all those things. That's a lot. But I am saying you should make your faith a priority in your life. And your faith doesn't happen outside of community. And this is a really good community to start with. Man, we don't think GCF's the answer to the problems in the universe. We really don't. I mean, we know we have flaws, but we're right here. We're right in front of you and we're right now on campus. So we... we we're gonna give the gospel away and we're gonna help you learn to do that. We're gonna help you learn to grow in it. And so my, the ask, I guess, if I could call it that, make faith a priority. Make your faith a priority. Make exploring God and how you understand him a priority. And so to close, <clears throat> um, as we spend Wednesday nights opening the Bible in the book of James, as we get all this, this instruction, as we get all these commands, I want us to remember that it's, we want, I want us to remember to be the right kind of hypocrite, meaning that these commands and these instructions don't need to be burdensome, but we can strive for better. And we can strive for better because, because it's, it's a better worth striving for. Jesus is the better worth striving for. So let's pray. I'm gonna ask the band back, back up and we're gonna pray and go eat some nachos. So let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for one more, once again, for uh, the freedom to 
stand here and for all of us to get up and to worship. Um, God, to learn. Um, God, we really believe you, in you. We really believe that you rule this universe. We really believe that Jesus existed and loved us enough to die. So Lord, I ask that this, um, I ask that that belief and that faith would shape these students' lives and would shape the four years they spend on campus. It'd shape how they spend their time and their energy, their relationships and their money. God, I ask that we would, uh, as, a, as, a, as a unit, as GCF, that we would be clear in how we give away the gospel, that we'd be clear in how we understand it, how we share it with each other, how we press each other into growing. So Lord, we love you. Uh, we need your help in this. This is not something we do by ourselves. Um, yeah, so Lord, we love you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.